I'm going to talk to you about the power of the name of Jesus. But before you can understand the power in the name of Jesus, you have to understand the love of Jesus. You have to understand the love of God. If you cannot understand the love of God, you will never be able to understand the name of Jesus. Because it is by the love of God that we can use the name of Jesus and that we understand that that power and grace is released. Why would it be? It's only because he loves you. And so we have to understand these things. Father, thank you so much that you love us. You know, I saw Mary Jo Copenhagen here, and her husband uh, was the first Christian I ever met that wasn't afraid of the demons in me. And I was full of the devil. And I would tell Christians that what was happening in my life and that I would see demons, they would talk to me and the tormenting me and all this other kind of stuff and just crazy things that were going on. And Christians would freak out. And Ted, I would, you know, he would be like, tell me about Jesus. And I'm saying, get the F away from me, you little punk. Boom. I hated Christians because they were all afraid of the devil. I hated Christians because I didn't believe any of them believed in God. And he goes, all right. He says, you tell me what's going on. And I said, you're going to freak out like every other wimp Christian that I ever met. He goes, try me. And I told him about the demons and the manifestations that would happen and the torment that would go on and how, you know, I had to get stoned to be able to go to sleep just to quiet the voices and things like that. He goes, that's a 10-second problem. <laughs> and I'm, what? He goes, that's a 10-second problem. He said, I can take care of that right now in the name of Jesus. I'll pray for you right here, right here, right now. You want to do that? Said, Son, I'll take care of that. You know what I mean? And just like, and I'm like, Did I really just now meet a Christian? And it opened up my heart. It took a few weeks, a few months before I actually made it to church. And the first day I heard about Jesus and I got born again, I got completely delivered like instantaneously all because of that name. Now, you got to understand, it wasn't anything that I did. It wasn't anything that anybody else did. It was all because of what Jesus did. And too many times, we are trying to earn something that Father's trying to give us through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. We fill ourselves with condemnation. We fill ourselves with unworthiness. We think that we're not good enough. We don't think we know enough. We don't think any of these things. Little did I know that Ted didn't know hardly anything at that point in his life. He just knew the name of Jesus, but it was enough. <laughs> and I did the same thing. I got born again, and I was out telling people how to get born again and spirit-filled, and I couldn't even show them in the Bible how to do it. It was just like, all I know is God's real. Jesus is alive. He'll, he'll heal you. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost, and you don't have to have, I mean, you'll get born again. What does that mean? I don't know, but like, like it's cool, and God loves you. That'll work. Remember, I had a Christian friend of mine, and I'd go out, witness to people, hey, you know, and I was like, I was over my head in about 10 seconds. Like, if they asked a question about the Bible, I was over my head. I said, he'll tell you. So I'm going to tell you about the love of Jesus, the love of God, love of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you then about the name of Jesus, and you're going to see some things in scriptures. And today I'm going to release you to be extremely powerful, if that would be okay. Extremely powerful. Never to allow condemnation into your life ever again. But pastor, I mess up. Well, welcome to being needing, needing to be saved. That's what salvation's all about. You needed help. Right? So you qualify to be born again because you needed help. You qualify for the name of Jesus because you can't do it on your own. So every time you sin and you think you're condemned, just go, oh, that disqualified me for the name of Jesus because he gave it to me because I needed it. If he thought I was God, he would have told me so. Scripture we all know but don't really understand. 
John 3.16. For God so loved, let me hear it. For God so loved the, that what did he do? Whoever believes in him. Maybe we don't know it. All right, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Nice little scripture, right? And we know it. We see John 3, 16 in sporting events and stuff like that. And I don't watch any of them. It's just every once in a while I see a football game because somebody's watching one. John 3, 16, and you see all this kind of stuff. For God so loved the world, but the word world means his creation. It means everything in it. It means God so loves everything. And, and the main part of it that it means here, when you turn about in the Greek, he loves his creation being humans. He loved the humans so much. He loved us as human beings so much that he gave his only begotten son. Now that sounds like, you know, you think about that. He gave his only begotten son. It sounds like God's hiding behind his son, right? Hey, I don't love you enough to die for you, but I'll send him. No, that's not what that means at all. You see, if Father could have died for you, he would have done it instead of sending Jesus. But he knew that there had to be one born of a, yeah, born of a woman to be able to die for those who were born of woman. So now he had to send Jesus. I mean, that was more agonizing than anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you what, I love you, but I'm not going to send one of my kids. I'm not even going to send one of my grandkids. If, it become, if, it, if you're going to die, if I don't send one of my kids or my grandkids, you're dead. <laughs> there is no doubt about it. <laughs> we'll do a nice funeral. I'll pray for you. I'll spit on you if I have to or whatever, you know, throw some holy water on you. You know, I'll burn an incense. I'll do whatever you want. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to send my kid or my grandkids. You're dead. I don't love you that much. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. Right? All you moms are going, heck yeah. yeah you're darn right. You're dead. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I ain't, ain't going to give my kid. But you understand, father did the hardest thing. He had to give Jesus knowing what Jesus was going to have to go through. To be able to get you and me. How about Jesus? John 15, 13 says, no greater, health, no greater love has anyone than this. And he gives his life for his friends. Wow. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's, pretty, that's pretty heavy. I mean, you know, you're giving your life. Jesus loves, loves you enough that he gave his life. But in reality, can I tell you the truth? In the garden, he loved Father the more than he loved you. He was on his knees going, not my will, but yours be done. And then on the other hand, it says, for the joy that was set before me endured the cross. And so the joy that he saw was the fact that we were all going to be with him. You see, there's times in your life when your commitment to Christ and your commitment to things and your commitment to the love of God, you're going to be wavering, you know what I mean? But when you really love Father, it's like, not my will, but yours be done. Father, it doesn't matter. My answer is yes. This is what I teach my church. Whatever God asks, you answer yes. You deal with everything afterwards. My answer is yes. Then you can go, I don't want to do this. But not my will, yours be done. Just always let your... First reaction to God always be yes. Yes, Lord. So God loved you so much that, that, that he gave Jesus. Jesus loved you so much that he died for you. Come on, somebody. And then check this out. They both loved us so much they didn't want us to be alone. John 14, 16 says, I will pray the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. That's the person of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine? Now, is Father God? Yes. Is Jesus God? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit God? Yes. Can you be imagine? Okay, it's one thing. I'm going to send Jesus, and he's going to die a brutal death. He's going, to, he's going to bear the weight of all your shame, all your sin, all your guilt. He's going to do all that. He's going to go to hell, and he's going to be raised from the dead. He's going to conquer death, hell, and the grave. He's going to pay the full price. That's why there's no condemnation. He paid the price. Come on. That's like, let me put it this way. Condemnation says, I have a debt. Justification says the debt has been paid. Jesus paid the full price for your sin. 
So you get to walk around, even though you're a knucklehead, and I know you are, if we sat down for more than 10, 15 minutes, I could figure that out, right? <laughs> Just ask the right questions, I'll find out something in your life that you're not pleased with, right? Or something in your memory that keeps haunting you because it keeps coming into your present. And Jesus says, I am going to pay all of that so that it doesn't come between you and Father. And then the Holy Spirit says, I think this is the hardest one. I will dwell with them forever. See, Jesus got to escape. He would go to the mountain and hang out with Father, right? I mean, come on, somebody. He, you know, Father's like, okay, Jesus, you're sent. I'm here. I'm with you. I, I'm feeling your pain. And it was emotional for him. Jesus is like escaping to the mountain. I got to get away from these guys. <laughs> you know, Father, let's just hang out for a while. Let me talk. Where does the Holy Spirit go? He's in you and me. I mean, he is stuck. Every time you sin, you drag him with you. <laughs> That's love. Every time you whine, complain, cry, whatever you do, you, you are wall-to-wall -wall Holy Ghost. He's in you, and you drag him with you. Oh, come on, somebody. Does the Holy Spirit love you? Come on. He, he never escapes you. Man, that's love. My wife loves me, but there's times she needs me to be gone. <laughs> there's just times where it's just like I, I, I had enough of all that awesome package that I'm married to I'm awesome I'm great to be with I'm fun to be with I'm good to be with but there's times she needs a break from all this <laughs> The Holy Ghost does not get that break. Because you all, come on, somebody. Amen. Come on. If Jesus is hanging out with you, there would be times where you go, you just stay here. <laughs> I'm going to the mountain. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You ever feel that way with your kids? You love them, love them, love them, but there's just times, would they just go to sleep? <laughs> I am war stinking out. I can't believe how awesome grandkids are. Oh my gosh, when they go home, it is so good. It's like, oh, love them. I am so glad I'm not raising them. I'm too old for this. You know what I'm saying? Father so loved you, he was willing he would have been willing to go, but he had to send Jesus. He was willing to send a son and watch his son bear your sin. Jesus loved you so much, he said yes, and he bore it. The Holy Spirit loves you so much, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And he hangs out with you and in you and never will leave you. How, what, listen to this. I love this in Romans 8, 35. Romans 8, 35, if you're taking notes. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Or from Father or from the Holy Spirit? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine? Nakedness, which would be extreme loss or lack of need being met? Peril or sword? But how many times during these types of things, just a tribulation? Where are you, God? Why did you answer my prayer? What are you doing? Well, how come? Right? We try to separate ourselves from the love of God. And we, and we complain and we whine and we do all this kind of stuff. And the Holy Spirit's just in there being so patient. Just going, I can't wait till you're done whining. Because I will lead you to victory if you'll let me. We separate ourselves from the love of God. What would happen if during those times we would go, you love me enough to hang out with me, so you love me enough to help me through this, so what do we do? Well, my feelings got hurt. I think his did too. Can you imagine 
Jesus going, I will go, Father. And he comes to the earth and he rises up and he finds his purpose and he finds his destiny. And the very people that he was sent to kill him. Talk about rejection. Extreme rejection. He can relate. Don't think that God cannot relate to you. When he bore the stripes for the healing of her body, I believe he absorbed and felt every pain, every disease. The Bible says that when we look at him, we wouldn't have recognized him. I believe on that cross, he was manifesting all the diseases of the world and just absorbing it into his body to pay the full price so you and I could be free. Next time you're whining, just think about that. I have bad days too. Don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not condemning you, but I'm telling you the process to not have any more bad days. A friend of mine dying of AIDS, he was like, help me out so much. Great guy. He goes, he's going, well, basically something was going on and he was just all cheery and he was all, you know, like whatever. And he goes, I can't afford to have any more bad days. I don't know how many I have left. He goes, I can't afford to let somebody else dictate my mood. I can't afford to allow this situation to dictate my relationship with God right now. And I can't afford it because I don't know how many days I have left to enjoy this relationship in this life. You see, every time we separate ourselves from the love of God, he won't separate from us. But every time we separate ourselves because of the trial and things like this, what are we doing? We're wasting our breath. Every second, when you showed up to this room, you do not have the last hour back. I'm telling you what, what you came here, you worship God. It was worth it. It was good. And God's ministering to you and things like this. But what happens many times is during worship, people aren't thinking about God. They're actually thinking about themselves. They waste that time when they could be in that presence and allowing that presence to minister. So even though we may separate ourselves, just think, I only have so many breaths. I don't know when they're going to be gone. I'm not going to waste them. I'm going to grow. I'm going to get closer. Amen? So nothing will separate you from the love of God. In fact, this, this is how much you love. This is crazy cool. You ready? It says this in Genesis 4, or Galatians 4. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, Galatians 4, 4 and 5. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, which is important, but we can't go into that. To redeem those who were under the law, praise God for that, that we might receive adoption as sons. That word sons does not mean male. It means I'm adopting the human race as my kids. You see, you and I carry his name because you're his kid. I have two Mexican kids we adopted. You know, so I got my beautiful little Mexican daughter, and her name is Ernestina Annie Rosinski. She's the only Mexican with a Polish last name, trust me, in Nuevo County. You know what I'm saying? And like her friends would meet Colin and I for the first time, and they'd go, those are your parents? They're white. And I tell them, yeah, I used to be Mexican, but I converted when I came to America. I, I assimilated. You know what I mean? I assimilated. So now, I'm, now I'm Caucasian. I'm white. I'm American. I'm American now. You know, and it's like, what, 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 what? Well, see, people should look at you and I and go, he's your daddy? They should be able to see it. You see, your name, my name is Paul Edward Rosinski God because I haven't figured out God's last name, but I'm adopted by him. Come on. Your name is blah, 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 God. Remember our son, you know, 
Uh, they, are, they were older when we adopted them, 10 and 11. So, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of history there in their lives and stuff like this. Not accustomed to living in the United States of America, not accustomed to having food on a regular basis. And our son is always just kind of like going, you know, this is, I mean, he's 35 now. But I mean, you know, he, he was like, Dad, I'm hungry. Can I eat? Yes, you can eat. Mom, I'm hungry. Can I eat? Yeah. Yeah, you can, you know, get something to eat. Yeah, whatever. Finally, I just took him by the hand. I went into the kitchen, and I opened up all the cupboards, and I opened up the refrigerator, and I go, all that is yours. Don't even need to ask. You're hungry? Eat. Well, little did I know that the boy would take that serious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It became a problem. It's like I would eat something, and I'd think, I'm going to eat this for lunch tomorrow, and i put it in the fridge. It was gone. So we had to make a new rule. If my name is on it, it is not yours. It is not yours. That leftover is mine. Amen. I am God, and that is mine. Amen. You will starve without me. All that is yours. That is mine. Amen. But you see, I think in our adoption into the family of God, we don't feel worthy. We don't feel like we can ask. We don't feel like we can just obtain the fullness of the kingdom of God. And yet he wants us to walk in everything, the fullness of his kingdom. And he's opened up the cupboards. He's opened up the refrigerator. And he said, here, I'll prove it to you. And he said, here, take, eat. I know you're adopted. You grew up in a dysfunctional world. You're not used to the kingdom world. But I adopted you into the kingdom of God. I adopted you into my family. You know what I mean? You're mine. And I am yours. That's a big thing. You think about how did God describe himself? He just said, I am. Moses is saying, who do I say sent me? Just say, I am sent you. Kind of a weird introduction. I am. Because he am. He am everything. <laughs> how are you going to describe him? Just, I am. How, God, yes, I am. Healer, I am. Provider, I am. Lover, I am. Comforter, I am. What else are you going to say about God? He am. Right? But that makes you the great also. My daddy's the great I am. I am the great also. Why? Because I carry his name. I have everything. He said, whoever will believe, nothing will be possible to those who believe. Why? Because I belong to the family of God. We should walk around like the great also. Think about it. What does, what does Jesus want from us? What does Father want from us? He wants us to act like his kids, not like orphans. Right? He paid a pretty heavy price to get us, right? I mean, the adoption price of you was more than the worth of the entire universe. It was Jesus. I had to pay tens of thousands of dollars for our kids. Then stinking teeth cost me another thousands of dollars. <laughs> I don't regret any of it. They got great smiles. It's awesome. You know what I mean? Love having them in my life. It's great. It, you think I sit here and go, cost me millions of dollars, all that money I had to spend. I didn't mean to kick it that hard, by the way. That was quite an accident, but yeah. <laughs> but it was good for an illustration effect. Jesse jumped out of his chair. He said, don't kick me, man. Just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you better just straighten up, Jesse, because like, you know, you're next, baby. <laughs> Brought Pastor Jesse because I needed a little help just in case, man. You know, I was like, all right, we'll get it done. So with that, this is, what, this is what the word of God says about you and I being his kids, carrying his name, and being the great also, right? John 14, 12, and 13. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus. Jesus, when Jesus says most assuredly, it's kind of like, hey, eyes here, listen. He says, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name or demand in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I don't think you caught that. This proves you are the great also. He says, if you believe in me. What am I believing about him? Is he God? Was he sent? Did he die for me? Come on, do I really believe there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ? Do I really believe that I've been adopted in the family? Do I really believe he paid the price for my healing? Do I really believe these things? If I believe, then I'm going to do what he did in greater works. Come on. And whatever you ask, I will do. That is worthy of your meditation, by the way. You should go to bed at night just going, whatever I ask in the name of Jesus Christ or because of who you see the name of Jesus. We we've relegated it to a, a, to an end to a question or an end to a dialogue. Like, hey, Jesse, what's up, man? How's things going? Good. In the name of Jesus, see ya. You know what I mean? <laughs> We've relegated it to a, to a, what do you call it when you sign something at the end? A, a salutation. How many of us pray over our food? Yeah, I mean, you won't eat until you pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this food. I thank you for your blessing my body in Jesus' name. Amen. You didn't believe a bit of what you said. You know what that's called? It's called taking the Lord's name in vain. The word vain means without power or without intent to do something. And you, you get all mad when somebody uses the name of God in vain. So, you know, God blanket. You know, that's vain because they're using the name of God, cursing or damning something, going, see, I'll prove there's no God. I'll damn this. And if he's real, it'll be damned. Vain. Using that name, not intending to have any power with it. How many of us are cussing, so to speak, when we pray? Because we really don't believe at the end of our prayer it's done. We're just throwing it out there because we've been religiously taught that you pray in the name of Jesus. And we took that to mean that that's how I end this thing. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, hallelujah. But when God intended us to use that name, he intended that we release the kingdom of God into this earth when we use that name. Okay, my church doesn't know Jesse yet. So, I don't have my wedding ring on right now because I left it at home, but I got this big honking. It, it, it is like a signet ring. It is like huge, gaudy, love it. <laughs> if he went over to my staff, he walked into the office right now and says, hey, Pastor Paul told me to go into this office and get a, a Bible, okay? Told me to go get this Bible for him. They go, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> I knew he got two Mexican kids. I didn't know he had three. Okay. All right. Who are you? <laughs> and they go, they'll pass the ball to me. Prove it. And if he pulled out my wedding ring, they would recognize it. And he'd go, he gave me this to prove that I'm here in his name. Now, let me get that Bible or you're going to answer to him because he asked me to get it and I'm not leaving without it. And if I leave without it, I'm telling them, you stop me. This is proof that he sent me. It's either proof I sent him or Jesse killed me and took my ring. Okay? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it, Matty saw it. Yeah, he sees the light. Killed him. Take the rain. Little <laughs> <laughs> gangster. Yeah. <laughs> if he killed me and took my rent, he wouldn't be in my office, like asking for my, you know, Bible. Come on, I, you know, get something real. All right. When we use the name of Jesus, we're showing up and all hell goes, um, the, he's got the ring. Wait a minute. And see, that's why Satan wants you to use the name of God vainly. Can you open that for me? Yeah. He wants you to use it without power. He wants you to believe that you're condemned and God doesn't love you. He wants you to believe that God separated himself from you. And he never will. Listen to this, a few commentaries on this verse. It says this, the conclusion can only be that Luke, and Luke wrote this in 1017, that whatever we ask in your name, demons are even subject to us in your name. This is what it says. Jesus was still active in mission, but although he was with God, he was now working in and through us. See, when we use the name of Jesus, it's him working through us. He's still working through us. When I lay hands on the sick, Jesus is working through me, through you. It's not you. You don't carry nothing. You were adopted. You were an orphan that needed help. Whole nother teaching on that, that I would reverse that a little bit, <laughs> because when you get adopted, this is the only adoption that changes you from the inside out. But the truth is, okay, in the name of someone can only mean using that person's power or authority. In the name means I'm using that person's power or authority. You see, I'm here representing heaven, my father, my Jesus, and I'm anointed with the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus was to be able to do father's will. I'm just doing it in the authority and the power of Jesus. Jesus is the one that says, all authority and power is given unto me. Go ye therefore and make disciples. So all authority and power has been given to Jesus. So now, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit who resides with me forever, I glorify Father's name by taking the authority and the power of Jesus, letting Jesus work through me to others. Yeah. That can be as simple as... as Sometimes people just need somebody to be nice to them. Imagine that. Well, I'm going to raise the dead. How about if you just practice being nice? <laughs> Smile. Come on. Hug somebody. Give them a high five. Get to know some people that think different than you, would you? Sit down with people of different cultures. Sit down with people that believe different politically. Sit down with people that live ungodly. And just get to know them. I led a guy to the Lord just because I wanted to get to know him. Didn't believe anything like I believed. I just, just, I just wanted to know you. He, he kept expecting me to preach to him. I'm, I'm just, I want to know you. So I'm going to ask you questions. I want to know what you think about this or that. Or, you know, that's interesting. You know what I mean? And he was, a, he was kind of a public figure in our town and stuff. And, you know, and I kind of asked him, so, so what do you think about homosexuality and gay marriage? He expected me to get, you know, uh, you know, whatever. I said, oh, that's cool. Okay, good. I go, what do you think about you know, this, what, what's your thoughts on blah, blah, blah. And I just asked him several questions. And at the end, I go, hey, thanks for just hanging out. I wanted to get to know you. He goes, I thought you were going to preach to me. I go, no, I just wanted to get to know you. That opened up the door for me to be able to share Jesus with him much later.
one of the homosexuals in the gym would come up and hug Colleen and kiss us and just, you know, whatever, shoot, you know, stuff like this. And we're like, hey, you know, how you doing? Why? Because I love that person. Because that person is a creation of God. I don't agree with their sin, and I don't agree with my sin. Jesus had to pay the price for it, a brutal price. I tried to get it all out of me. Why? Because he gave me the ability to do that. I can live sin-free. I just have to yield to him. You can conquer your sin. You don't have to be addicted to anything. You don't have to have any sin in your life because you have been set free from sin if you will choose to be. Right? And so if I can love the person that's gay or homosexual, whatever, I can then love them right into the kingdom because I value that my father made them and he wants them and his family. Come on. Just as much as he wanted me in the family. He took me with my mess. Come on. He'll take them with their mess. Do you believe a homosexual can get saved? I believed you could. <laughs> Why ain't a homosexual? No, but you are a murderer and a thief and an adulterer and all kinds of other things. If I got into your little noggin. Because the Bible says, oh, never mind. <laughs> so, in the name of Jesus, this is kind of cool. This is an old, old, old commentary. In fact, it's old English so much so that I'm going to translate it for you, and then I'm going to hurry up because of the time. <laughs> then we're going to release the name of Jesus. You ready to release the name of Jesus? Like, really? For some of you, this will be the first time that you're ever really going to release the name of Jesus. It says, verily, verily, therefore it is written. Okay, let me just. He that believes in me, on my divine personality being Christ, what I do, they will do also, but even better. Through this faith. Oh, my gosh. Through this faith, they will become mighty. Their spirit-filled life and works will be a necessary outflow of that divine personality and relationship with me. What version is that? It is a, it's a commentary. It's like in the 1800s <laughs> and maybe even 1700s. It's really old, and they don't use English the way we do, and they use words that are weird. <laughs> this is proof... Colleen and I were married 36 years yesterday. Hey. If you hang out with me at all, even though I don't have a wedding ring on, you'll hear me talk about my wife. You're going you're gonna to know I'm married. It won't take long. It just doesn't. She's such a part of my life. It's just evident I'm married to the most awesome woman in the world. She is just, like, killer awesome. Like, like really, really. She... Still needs a break from me, but you know what I mean? She, other than that, she's okay. You know what I mean? I love her. Why? We're one. I mean, there is no, no mistaking that I'm married to my wife because it flows out of me. I talk about her. I was in an airport one time, and this very beautiful young lady started talking to me. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, all right, well, she's sitting here. I'm going to just start asking her about her life. It was really kind of interesting. I just kind of took another chair and sat opposite of her. <laughs> and I just start talking to her and asking her about her life, and I start telling her about Colleen and blah, 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 all this other kind of stuff. Blah, 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 blah. You wouldn't believe the ministry that took place. If I told you who she was, I won't mention her name now. You know who I'm talking about. But we built a relationship with her that has lasted the time. The first time she met Colleen, she goes, I know so much about you. <laughs> she goes, this guy, she goes, I want a man that will talk about me like he talked about you. Well, see, I love Colleen. I've been married to her for 36 years. It's like we're more in love now than we have ever been in our life. I love it. Can we be that way with Jesus? 
and with Father and with the Holy Spirit that when we hang out with people, they go, I don't have any question they're related. Because they're always talking about him. And they're always telling me how good he is. In fact, when I meet him, they're going to go, you know what? I know so much about you because I was hanging out with. We were somewhere yesterday, and this guy was like, like this, you know. And kind of go, hey, I don't know if you believe in the power of prayer. I don't know if you. I said, could we pray with you? I said, you know, my father's a healer. Well, we just told him about God a little bit. We laid hands on and prayed. You know, and you got to be willing to do it whether the people receive it or not. Amen. Uh-huh. I go, hey, man, you feel anything? He goes, yeah. I go, you're lying. <laughs> I go, lying's not very appealing. He laughed. <laughs> I said, listen, don't lie. I said, but this is what I believe. I said, things are going to start to change because we prayed for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, you ready? First time the name of Jesus was used. Yeah, I gotta, I'm gonna go ahead here. Acts chapter three. This is the first time the name of Jesus is used, and Jesus was in heaven. Not on the earth, okay? It says, now Peter and John, Acts chapter three, verse one. And Peter and John went uh, to the, uh, together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate, uh, the, uh, the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of those who entered the temple. He was laid there daily. Do you realize Jesus probably walked by this guy? He goes, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking for alms, that's money, and he needed help. And he fixed his eyes on him with John. Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I had to say that back then because there was a lot of Jesuses. Jesus was a name like Peter, Phil, Paul. So Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He says, rise up and walk. Now, the guy didn't get up right away. And he says, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaped up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Isn't that cool? Jesse, you're going to be an illustration here. So Jesse's crippled at the gate temple. Boom. You know, we're walking in. And all of a sudden, I perceive Jesse's got faith. I perceive God's going to do something. I don't know why. I just perceive this. And he looks at me. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Jesse's sitting there. Now, what happens is as many times when you and I use that name, if we don't see something right away, we go, oh, it didn't work. It did. I, I don't know. I just, you know, I don't know. But this is how bold Peter was. He grabbed him by the hand and said, get up. Get up. I use the name of Jesus. Get up. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, baby. You know, we're just, we're just kind of, all right. So, you know, we just like get up. They were walking and leaping and boom, like this. Okay, next time you're praying over whatever, I want you to then command that thing to change. Speak to the mountain. So many stories I could tell you. Okay, I'm going to continue this story, and then I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to, you're going to release the name of Jesus. Amen? Sound good? And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, blah, 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 blah. They went into the temple. The people started to worship him, all this other kind of stuff. Verse, verse 12, he says, so when Peter saw it, okay, that they were looking at them as if they were great, he says, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? I mean, this is how normal the name of Jesus is to Peter. Why are you marveling? I'm talking about Jesus. Why are y'all freaking out? You saw Jesus. You saw him. You know what he did. Why are you freaking out about this? Then he says, or why look at us so intently as though our own power or our own godliness 
we made this man walk. Okay, you're not going to use the name of Jesus and get it done because you're powered in your godliness. First miracle I ever saw. First miracle I ever saw. I'm at a meeting. I don't even want to be there. I don't even like the person that's preaching. I'm in the back of the room there because I was, for some reason I had to be there and I didn't want to be there. And I was in the back and I wasn't listening to the person speak because I didn't like the person. Confessions of a preacher. <laughs> and then at the end of the meeting, he goes, Paul, would you come and pray for the sick? And I go, nope. <laughs> Not going to happen. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know if he talked about healing. I have no idea what this person just said. The whole meeting, I am back there fishing or something. I'm like... He goes, no, no, I feel like God wants you to pray for the sick. I'm going, no, he don't. No. Don't, everybody want Paul to pray for the sick? Ah! On the way up, I'm going, Lord Jesus, I repent. I will never be in a meeting ever again where I don't draw something from the speaker when I'm not listening to what you're doing. I said, my heart was wrong. Nah, I said, forgive me. Now, I got up, and I just know that if I lay hands on the sick, the Bible says they will recover. It doesn't matter if I'm holy. It doesn't matter if I'm having a great day. It doesn't matter if I have a good attitude. It doesn't even matter if I confessed all my sin. And this lady's all crippled. She can't, I mean, she's like in a chair, right, like this, you know, and, and somebody helps her up, and she stands up in front of me, and I go, what do you need from the Lord? And she looks at me like, I'm crippled, you idiot. I mean, it's like her hands are all bent from arthritis, you know, stuff like this. I'm hoping she's got a headache. It's the first person I pray for. I don't feel holy or anointed. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, be whole. She started popping and cracking. She stood up straight and everything was like totally restored. It's not my power. It's not my godliness. It's not yours. It's the name of Jesus. You could be just so mad at your kids and you just sinned and you just sent them to your room and it should have been you that went to the room and, you know, and just all this other kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And, and, and somebody knocks at the door and says, I heard you're a Christian and I need prayer. Bam, you can get it. Why? Because it's not your name. It's not your godliness. It's not your power. And we got to think this way. You know what? Just forget about you and your miserable little life. Just forget about you and your little past. You've been bought with a price. You've been glorified God in your body and your spirit, which are his. Just forget about all those things. Because if you bring your past into your future, you're just going to drag your past into your future. And you don't want that past in your future. You want his future in your future. And just go, wake up every morning and go, I'm loved. Man, I'm loved. I am so loved. Holy Spirit, thank you for loving me so much that you're in me. Thank you that you'll never leave me, you don't forsake me. You're in here. Right. Yeah, whether I feel like he's in me or not, I don't feel anointed most of the time. Come on. I just led a whole bunch of people to the Lord, got some people healed in California, and tell you the truth, I wanted to be home. Didn't even, didn't want to preach. Didn't feel anointed at all. Who said... If you feel like you can use the name of Jesus, then you will be able to pray for the sick, and then they will recover. What part of your feelings had anything to do with it? Quit separating yourself from the love of God through tribulation and persecution and famine and all those other things. Quit it. You can't be separated from the love of God. And so in your mind and your imagination, there's so much more to say. You just stop it. My kids, even though they're adopted, they didn't wake up and go, are we still adopted? Are you kidding? There's times where it's like, can we send it back? Can, can, can we just like, you know, put a stamp on their head? Mexico, here you come. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's days. No, they acted like kids, like they weren't going to be thrown away. And they were allowed to have bad days. And they, they felt free enough to complain and to whine and allow us to help them to become adults. And see, same in the family of God. You got pro, total permission 
to be a whiny kid sometimes, but always know I'm in the family. I'm never going to be rejected. I'm not thrown out. He loves me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. And even though he might spank me on the way to go minister, I'm getting my spanking and I'm going. You know what I'm saying? And you might be right in the middle of like ministering to somebody and you're thinking, I need somebody to minister to me. And you know what I mean? You just forget yourself. Just, just release it. I'm loved and I got to share that love. I, I'm, I'm equipped because I carry that name and I'm loved and so I can and you know what? When you get home, just go to the mountain like Jesus did and just go, Father, I need you to minister to me. I'm just feeling it today. You know, I don't feel loved. I don't even feel lovable, but man, I just need to hang out with you because I know you love me and he will hang out with you and he will love on you. And the Holy Spirit that's never going to leave you nor forsake you will always anoint you if you will believe in the name of Jesus. I had permanent nerve damage in my legs, and I had four herniated discs. I had permanent nerve damage, didn't have any reflexes in my legs at all. Like, hit it with the hammer, tunk, tunk, nothing, a lot of pain. I tried to die. I tried to jump out of my body. I tried to release my spirit. I did everything. God, kill me. You know what I mean? It was like I hurt so bad. And I remember going to the word and reading in Mark 11, whenever you stand praying, if you believe you receive, then you will have. And I remember reading that and going, I cannot ask for a miracle and believe I receive it right now. But I know the process. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so for three days straight, I didn't sleep. I just three days straight. I went through the Bible and I had like, I don't know, 40 or 50 scriptures on healing that I went through. And then I'd worship the Lord. And then I would pray in tongues. And then I would do it over. Read the word, confess the word, pray in the spirit, read the word, confess the word, pray. And I'm getting my imagination working. And I remember after a few hours of that, I went, still can't say amen and believe it's over. Three days later, I looked at that scripture and says, when I, Lord, I know I don't even need to pray, but I'm going to pray. Because when I say amen, it's done. I remember that day. And I went, Father, you paid the price. And I ask for healing in my body in the name of Jesus Christ. Because of who he is and what he has done, I say, amen. And I received my healing that day. See, if you're here and you're going to about to use the name of Jesus and you don't believe, believing comes by hearing his stories. It comes from knowing his love. And there'll just be something inside of you, even though the circumstance that hasn't changed yet, you're going to go, that name has taken care of it. And I'm going to release that name. And then you command poverty to leave your life. You command depression to leave. You command that sin to leave your life. You command that sickness to leave your life. You command whatever to leave your life. Why? The name of Jesus means this, because of who he is and because of what he has done, I say amen.